And that's what we're trying to see what they can do now. Render, uh, look at some biomed products that are out there, the agricultural products. You know, we're a coal mining county here. And so coal mining is getting more limited all the time. So we have to develop other businesses. And I think this is a fantastic place for that. All right, so I'm excited today to bring you really um, one of the focuses we have on the show is about entrepreneurship and and an ecosystem build. And I, I've been pleasantly surprised in my um, new focus here with Innovate Within and, and Start It Up of discovering what what goes into ecosystems and and. You know, sometimes it's the place, sometimes it's the people, sometimes it's a teacher, sometimes it's a principal, superintendent. Um, but today we've we've got a really unusual uh, meeting of the minds, so to speak, because I, I've been pleasantly surprised with with I, I had a trip to Petersburg, Indiana, and uh, for those of you looking on a map, uh, you're gonna have to look at a greater detailed map uh, because it's not a huge place. But what they've got going on there. Uh, in the surrounding area and some local, you know, entrepreneurs and community champions is uh, well worth uh, talking about. So today I have on Mick Hetman, Ray Niehaus, and Colin Salee. Gentlemen, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yes. So um, let me let me start off by, and, and, and probably Mick, I'll have you kick it off. Um, just fill us in on the innovation and entrepreneurship center that you are currently sitting at. And by the way, what a great thing to talk about visuals on a, on an audio only podcast, but like this wonderful building you're setting in now, tell us a little bit about it and then how it got started. Yeah. Well, Hey, thanks for having us on. Uh, yeah. I've, I've been fortunate to be uh, a part of a, about an eight or nine year effort to uh, bring this facility to fruition it's probably the first real uh, piece of architecture in the county for the 21st century. Uh, but what we've done is we've uh, taken, uh, how would you say it? Uh, there's, there's a, how would you say it? A, a, a kernel or a seed of uh, entrepreneurship in the area vis-a-vis uh, -vis students. And uh, there's so much creative potential and genius in the, uh, in the county. And there was no real way to uh, capitalize on it or keep talent here or nurture talent. So we, we basically uh, banded together and created this entrepreneurship center uh, named for Elmer Bukta's father, Elmer Bukta Jr.'s father. Uh, and he's the, basically the primary donor. So, uh, you know, I think uh, Ray can add some more. Yeah, I think you know, it is a unique piece of architecture, but the building alone doesn't do it. Um, really, I, I have to look at going back some 10 years ago to see that uh, while I was teaching here at Pike Central, which is a high school just down the road about five miles, um, we had a unique program The Project Leads Away, uh, unique uh, engineering and biomed program. And between the two programs, we had about 300, uh, right at about 300 students out of the 500 students in the school were in that program. And one of the interesting things with uh, Project Lead the Way on the engineering side was the EDD program with engineering design and development. We took it very seriously 
uh, where students could take their idea and concept and start looking at producing products. And after a while, that grows. One student would do something, another student wanted to do it better. And uh, that's what really started entrepreneurship. And then after winning several contests and going to the MIT and then going to the White House, uh, the community really started seeing that the, uh, the students were really producing some unique ideas and products. And I think at that point, that's when we thought really, hey, we've got to do something. We've got to have a place in the future for these students because they're going to be going off to college. They did. And many of them started companies while they were in college. Many of them have started companies after they got out of college. Many of those students even purchased property in the county uh, just for this opportunity at this building. And uh, students like uh, Colin here, uh, it gives them an opportunity and a place to meet other people uh, to come together and develop their ideas and so forth. And I think that's what you're going to see. So the root of this thing is the basic entrepreneurship of Elmer Book to senior and junior uh, and what they did. Uh, and sometimes if you look at that entrepreneurship, he was doing things way, way ahead of other folks in the area. And that's what we're trying to see what they can do now. Render, uh, look at some biomed products that are out there, the agricultural products. You know, we're a coal mining county here. And so coal mining is getting more limited all the time. So we have to develop other businesses. And I think this is a fantastic place for that. So I think we'll let Colin, you know, mention a few things about what yeah, he's actually, 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 be, Before we go to Colin, let me, let me set the stage. The Pike County, like where you're at right now in Petersburg, the population from last checked is around 4,000 people. That's right. And uh, to also set the scene, the building that I got to tour was, let's just put it mildly, not something you normally find in a town of 4,000. And I think what gets me all sorts of excited is that, a, like, this is almost like, it sounds like a movie, like, and so we decided to do something about it. So here's a town of 4,000 with a population that, like you said, the major industry is starting to, at minimum, uh, rethink about what they're doing. And let's just all be, you know, transparent here. Talent retention is huge for everybody. Like people listening to the show right now know exactly as one of the major points of this new segment we're doing is talent retention. And so I don't, you know, I don't think that a lot of town, a lot of small towns care that their kids go off to a, a big college. They just want the hero to return back home. And I think that, you know, okay, so why return back home? There's got to be some quality of life there and there's got to be some things that they could launch or they could do. And I think that was what made me turn my head. And so, you know, for, for this to have a really, like I'm wanting the listener to understand this isn't a suburb outside of uh, San Francisco. This isn't a, a suburb of even a, a Cincinnati or an Indianapolis. This is a, and I mean this lovingly, kind of a small town and, and not anywhere too close. And so that's the daringness that I thought, whoa, that you got now, mind you, you are off a major interstate. So like, it's not literally in the middle of a cornfield. So there, the, the access is, is, is good, but yeah, just to set that place setting, this is a small town with uh, industries that need to, to start recreating itself. So I had to take a pause on that. 
Colin, to you though. So as a student that was in a, in a local, what has this innovation center meant to you and what do you, and where do you think it's going to go? Well, to me, uh, you know, there's a really unique um, opportunity that I've got here. You know, as a student at Pike Central, I, I was torn between the biomed program and the engineering program. I grew up on a farm, so I knew how to fix things and build things. And I had, you know, kind of an instilled passion for that. You know, it was kind of in your blood kind of thing. But at the same time, you want to get out, you want to try new things and learn new skills. So I, I was really hard pressed to figure out which one I was going to do. I couldn't swing both of them. So I ended up going with the um, biomed through high school. I took one year of the introduction engineering and design um, project lead the way course. And then I switched gears and I went to biomed the rest of my high school career. And once I got done with that, I no longer wanted to go to the medical field. So I was kind of stuck, you know, going into the, the industry. It, there just wasn't the passion there for it. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do. You know, naturally, I'm a builder, you know, creator with, with those um, traits that I've learned growing up. So now that I have this, this structure here, this facility, that's opened up the opportunity of, for so many things that I didn't have before, you know, because we're in an area where income is, is low enough that to have those startup businesses and to have those opportunities, investors, you know, that is what makes it really difficult for young entrepreneurs here. So to have a, this facility here and to have those connections and the equipment and the support, that's, that's what is so big about this. And that's why it's so big for me too, because as, as I develop my ideas and where I want to go with it, now I have the facility to, to, uh, to feed that desire. So how, how old are you? I'm 22. Right. So, and so would it be safe to say that the, the promise of the innovation center and the equipment they were bringing in was one of the reasons why you wanted to stay? Yeah, it's definitely um, just in the last six months um, with it finally coming to fruition and grand opening. You know, I've been uh, kind of on the uh, construction team mm -hmm. throughout the latter part of the process the last year or two. But to finally see it, you know, come to, to life has really changed my perspective. You know, before I was really hard pressed to get out of the county to try to go somewhere new and just kind of start over. But now that it's here and I'm involved, it's, it's a renewed energy um, that, that it's harbored here. And it's really, like I said, changed my perspective on what county, what Pike County is possible of, of doing. Yeah. Got two, two thoughts run through my head right now. Um, number one, like I've seen, especially uh, countries in Africa, I'm thinking specifically Nigeria and Ghana, exploded. And a lot of it can be explained by, exploded with, with, with innovation and entrepreneurship. And a lot of it can be explained by good broadband. So in some cases, just having great broadband is key. 
you guys have great broadband there. You have spots for entrepreneurs that want to set up and create things digitally. You also have good equipment. You have, you know, tools, right? So uh, kind of thinking about what else goes into creating an innovation hub, are, are there things there? And, and, and again, I'm, I'm just highlighting me like between like 3D printers and CNC machines and saws and prototyping materials. What other things would you either like to see or you've been pleasantly surprised that they have there at the Book to Center? I, I would I would love to see. Uh, I think the big thing is just getting more business connections in here. That's something that is so hard in our area to come by. To you know to find the uh, the connections of the people that are interested in investing in you and your mm-hmm. ideas. That is what is so difficult. And so the equipment here is extremely important to help bring those ideas to life. But if you can't get those ideas onto the market, get those ideas and those products introduced to other people, well, then it's just an idea. It's not a product that is going to turn into something great. So I think this place just has an energy that, that we've built here and we're continuing to build. And I think getting those connections in here, um, people that are, you know, like-minded people, business individuals that can, help bring those ideas to life is, is a huge part of it. Well, to, to be frank, and then maybe even a bit selfish, I'm hoping that this today's podcast will, will help bring that. I, I think that, you know, when I ran my innovation class, it was called innovation and open source learning. The open source learning part was the fun part, like go connect with people. <laughs> you right. know, in the school had, we had zoom cameras and, or actually back then we were, we were on Skype. So we had, we had a good broadband and, and some Skype. And so, I'm hoping that today's podcast, people will reach out and say, what the heck are you guys doing in there? That's awesome. Because I, I totally agree. It's, it's, you know, in some cases it's hard. To, and I, I think it's one of the reasons why I have so much reverence. It's hard to build an ecosystem from ground zero. Like, for, you know, like no offense, like you guys aren't in, a, in an area where people think Silicon Valley kind of thing. But the fact that you are building it now needs to come the people and the attention and the eyeballs and the support. So you did the hard part first. And for that, I, I tip my hat. Now it is connecting with people and, and letting them collaborate and seeing what you're doing. I'm, I'm going to shift my attention now uh, to Ray. Um, Ray, like when I was starting to put together a list of like what I was calling student innovation zones, the number one thing, the non-negotiable, the thing that they had to have, you kind of represent two of these. Number one, the teacher. So like I, I've been to schools that they're really great at doing SAT prep and I don't see a lot of innovation coming out of it. So you had to have that rogue teacher or at least the teacher that had their finger on the pulse of innovation and entrepreneurship. And then secondly, a lot of times this is usually like number four on the depth chart of a level of importance. But number four is the community champion. You've kind of left teaching and then become a community champion. But I want to start with your your background as an educator and all this other background that you brought into the classroom. And I think that was important. So like, tell me a little bit about your role when you were at Pike Central and the background that you brought to that and how that helped empower the kids. Well, first of all, I came from industry, and I think that was a big plus because my concepts of business was different from a standard teacher. Uh, I think teachers so sometimes get so tied in day-to-day curriculum uh, with their students 
that's about what they get done. And you have to do more than that. I, I mean, every evening, uh, most weekends, we were at school after hours. And it wasn't because I required it, it's because the students wanted it. And um, I think that's, that's part of, uh, of that plan. And, and I'll give you a quick story, uh, a very true story, a kid that went to MIT, went to the White House, but his mother, I know when, when he was in my class as a, uh, a sophomore, he was a very good runner cross country, uh, one of the tops in the school. And his mother came in one time because he was spending so much time every evening, in fact, literally five to six evenings uh, during the week uh, and even on weekend would work in a class. And she said uh, she didn't want him involved in engineering. She wanted him to get a, uh, his opportunity to go to college by running. And uh, I, I just couldn't see her point. I mean, I, I appreciate the mother's thoughts and comments. But I spoke to her son. And her son said he wanted to work in engineering. He wanted to get better at CAD. He wanted to do this and that. He wanted to do 3D printing uh, because we brought all that into the class. And it, it was nearly two years later, uh, I guess when we were at MIT, she actually came up to me on the sidewalk and said, well, I apologize, Mr. Niehaus. I, uh, my son was so right to follow the engineering path and not the athletic path. And, you know, we see this all the time. You and I see it continuously at school. Uh, even during the COVID, we had more stress on, on sports than we did education and, and the after-school effects. And that's, that's the thing I think we always looked at is how could we take that after-school impact, increase their educational value more than what they were getting at school. So we always brought in the entrepreneurship, always. Uh, we brought inventors into our class. Uh, as one of the students, I just looked at some old video. Uh, he said, well, we had usually 20 inventors in a month would be in our classroom. And that would be an inventor that sometimes only had an idea, sometimes had a rough sketch, and I mean rough. And we'd set him up with a couple of students. And before he left that day, uh, we were 3D, 3D printing a product that was ready to go back to an attorney to go file a patent. And, you know, that gives the kids exposure you can't get normally. Uh, so they were seeing those type people. And again, you know, we talked about networking while ago. We talked about meeting companies. Uh, I've always stressed that networking was so important. I mean, I would never got into where I was at in business world had we not networked. And so I think the students I've worked with over the years see that all the time. Students I work with today see that. Um, and I think... That's the part of education you're going to have to put more time in, the bottom line. Yeah. You have to give those students an opportunity. And the biggest one of all is some students that sit in the back that don't start out very fast, but sometimes they're your best students uh, and most creative. And, and we always looked at music. Uh, I always said we ran about 80% of the music class was in our engineering class, and those were the people that excelled. So there's a lot of other factors you have to look at. Yeah, no, I, I, I like you struck a nerve when like sometimes the way and, and by the way, I, I'm not disregarding athletics in any way, shape or form, but sometimes oh, the way the, 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 the way that the schools sometimes covet the student athlete that might get a scholarship, we needed to covet the student innovator who's also going to be like, cause I, I'm telling you what running innovate within has been eye opening because the amount of scholarships we raised this year was because they were taking a look at the talent we produced like last year's winner the, the 
universities fought over those girls. And um, it's been a heck of a thing because I'm like, we should be grooming some of these students just like you would for a middle linebacker. Interestingly enough, I think that's where you, you had, if you were in that Venn diagram, this is one of the things that I, I really liked about what you were doing is that I think that your town also saw, you know, some of the things you guys were doing, the robotics and the, you know, some of your kids went to the white house and things of this nature. It's somebody wise in that town was like, we need to not let, we don't need to lose this talent. You know, we, we need to make sure that they stay here. So, you know, they, they were smart enough to, to have a, a, a Ray Niehaus be the teacher or the community champion, but then they needed, you know, something to entice them to stay. And, and boy, I, I think that, you know, you've delivered that in, in spades. Um, so seriously, kudos, congratulations on that, both at a city level and what you guys are doing there locally. And, and, and really kind of the going back to um, where we started off with Mick, same thing. Like you've kind of been an EIR, well, EIR an entrepreneur in residence in a, in a lot of ways. Tell me what this is doing for your career as an entrepreneur and a local you know, guy of just having a zone, but also seeing that influx of talent being able to come in and collaborate. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I'm kind of like the, the, uh, the entrepreneur in residence here in the area in the sense that um, when the, the students through my son found out what I did for a living, which is toy design and invention, it, it was interesting to them. And I, and I visited uh, and presented in Ray Niehaus's classes as well. But I had uh, some of the students actually stop by and ask me about trademarks or patents or LLCs or what, what a 1099 is. And it was like really interesting because this stuff is not part of the curriculum in high school. Uh, Don. And so uh, I thought to myself, they're coming to my house. We're talking over my kitchen table about starting businesses. And it was really exciting. And, and in a way, I was giving back to the community, you know, uh, directly uh, by sharing my knowledge and also through this technology and entrepreneurship center. But they, there's so much creative potential, like I touched on earlier, with, with every single student. But there's no real, how would you say it, conduit or vector for them to follow. So, uh, so instead of just my kitchen table, we have a proper facility now where we can get together with folks like you, uh, innovate, you know, within um, and all kinds of different, uh, you know, first build, the launch fishers and so forth in the area to really expand our, our base so that we can help students who are, who are looking for more than what, what the schools are providing. Um, the, a high school is a closed ecosystem is what I say. It's great if you're in it, but outside of that, there, there isn't an opportunity, but now we're, we're offering that uh, to students and uh, people of any age, really. Yeah. So that's my take. Yeah. No, I, I just, I liked it because um, when I met you, unfortunately two years ago, cause COVID shut everything down on the in-person side last year. Right. When I, I, or no, 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 I take it back. That was last year. That was that yeah, it was. was one of the right. last events we did before right. we had to stop it. So that was, you guys just beat the deadline, but it was just fun because um, meeting you and Ray, all of a sudden things made sense on why I kept seeing two schools participate a lot more because they had those community champions um, and, and so the fact that, you know, Ray was giving his background and his time and you were giving your background and your time, uh, is so important. Now I gotta be honest, or I gotta ask the question. Hopefully it's not, um, uncomfortable. Um, you guys are doing a, 
a community service, uh, sometimes early adopters aren't recognized or <laughs> the profit in their own land isn't seen as a profit. Um, at a city level or a county level, um, do you think this is being embraced? Uh, do you think this is, you know, um, you know, if they build it, will they come? Okay, well, if they come, needs more support. Um, how How is this, how is the, the, at a city level or county level, how is this being supported or embraced or is there some more work to, to be done? Well, everything's good and the bad. So Mick's going to give you the good first. Well, you know, to your point, there, there were a lot of naysayers, okay? But when I sat down with the first building committee meeting, um, very early on, probably going on nine years ago, at Ray Niehaus's request, mind you, he thought I could contribute and I wanted to be part of a community effort. So I thought, well, this would be pretty cool. Five minutes in, I realized that this was going to happen because of the integrity you know, of the whole group. We were going to make this happen. It would, it would take a while. Okay, The original vision was a lot modest compared to what we have now, thank goodness. We have a purpose-built facility, which is fantastic. But uh, yeah, there were naysayers, but we're, we're, we're moving along. And I think what we're doing is we're, we're dragging or pulling the community forward. Okay, uh, With the grand opening that you were part of, and I appreciate you coming out, we basically raised the bar for the whole county and the whole region, not just our county, but the, uh, the adjacent counties, because we have the first makerspace of sorts within the four county area. So we're very proud of that, but now we're faced with the, uh, the daunting challenge of, of keeping the inertia going. Okay, the building's built, that's done. I thought that was the hard part. The hard part is going to be uh, keeping the energy level up, okay? Yeah, before I get to Ray, I think that in a lot of ways, though, and I'm going to give you some credit because it's easier for me to do and not feel like you're patting yourself in your own back. You guys showed demand. I've seen, and I'm not stomping on anybody's dream, but I've seen some people like, oh, we should do a makerspace or we should have an innovation hub. And they build one and then they look for people. You guys showed that you had people and you had interest where specifically my heart is you had high school interest. And then, then college interest, because those kids, you know, were, were still interested about, about home. So you guys show demand first, not show supply first. And I, I thought that was amazing because I, I, I do, because now by, by all means, I'm sure you guys are, you know, feeling the pressure of, okay, let's get some people in this building. That is the next iteration. But you at least were off to the right start of you had some students there like, I will utilize this. And you've already started uh, the beginnings of that culture. So good on you. All right. So the other side of this sandwich is Ray. <laughs> Ray, well, said you well, sort of, yeah, go ahead. Well, I think one, you, you kind of hit it on the head there and Mick hit it on the head as well. I, I think, but I, here's where you have to look at this thing. You have 10 exits between Bloomington and Evansville. We're one of those exits on I-69. We're just one of them. Uh, so our area, we kind of hit, a wide variety of county participation here that uh, students will have an opportunity. And I think, you know, you have to have a place where they can go. It's like what I said while I go after school in high school. You know, we got so many schools now that won't even allow kids after high school, uh, unless it's a sporting event. And here they can jump into this. So when we get off this uh, podcast today, um, uh, Colin's already set up that we're going to have a bunch of local schools coming in that, that are going to the World 
sex uh, robotic competition and other things that educators are coming in here. We're expecting some 15 teachers with a bunch of students. We wouldn't have been able to do this in the past. Keep it going, keep it busy, and put those people locally with a business interest to help these young people and older people. This has never been just for high school and college uh, graduates. It's been for everybody in the community. Let's take that oil uh, and coal business and let's change this into something that makes it productive and changes the whole environment. If we go to Du Bois County, you know, we've got the furniture industry. We got a lot of different industries, plastic industry, some electronic industry. We come Pike County, we got coal, we got agriculture, we got coal, yeah, both ground, we got coal strip mines, and then we got agriculture. We don't have a lot. But I, I think I think that's why uh, like I'm wanting to pat you guys on the back. Like, like I, I don't want to be lost how bold, but yet how important. Now, circling back and, and, and to what you just said, we're about ready to host a bunch of teachers uh, for, for robotics. You guys are quite literally in the middle of a, you know, well, next to an interstate on a cornfield. Like that, yeah. that's the bold vision that I'm just really, I, I like, even when I was there, I kind of want to stop people and go, do you understand how important this is or how potentially this important it is? And so, you know, getting those people to buy in, because I guarantee it was stressful trying to trying to convince people that may not see the vision to invest in innovation boy that's hard man that's hard and i think that's where my heart was one when i first met you guys i was like wait wait a second this is brave needed but brave and and, and so like for anybody listening there in the pike county area um which by the way we have global listenership we're always heard in at least 50 other countries shameless plug like what you guys are doing is relevant may not be understood yet, but really relevant. So hats off to you now, again, just if, if we have a hot seat kind of thing here, um, Colin, this is on you, bud. <laughs> no pressure. I mean, like, cause I, I ran my class in a similar way. Oh man. If there was just a class where I could do the things I always wanted to do. Okay. Here it is, man. When am I going to use this in real life? Okay. Here it is. What do you want to do with it? And I would tell the kids, I'm like, don't, don't complain to me about what education isn't doing when I help build it for you. It is now on you. What you represent now, Colin, is, okay, we're, quality of life, we just gave you something real. Now, it, I'm not saying that all the burden falls on you, but like with your generation, this is kind of your generation's time to say, all right, they built it. And, and, and now Ray just said, this isn't just, just for young people, but let's be honest with each other. You guys better be the torchbearers. Um, it's only setting you up in an awkward position, but like, what sayest thou? I mean, you know, wh where do you think this is going to go and how do you recruit? Other than the fact, like, again, major kudos, hats off to you about that when we log off, you guys are hosting a bunch of teachers. Like, but what else, Colin, do you think this is going to go and how are you going to lead that next wave of people and especially people that are 16 to 20? Well, I think, you know, there's definitely room uh, for me to uh, become a, a better um, innovator, designer, you know, come, come around full circle on that. But, I, you know, I feel right now that a major part um, of what I'm doing here is 
maybe teaching people, teaching these young kids more the business side, how to how to present themselves, how to get out there, find these connections, um, how to be bold, you know, how to get out of that shell that they've been put in for the last uh, 15, 20 years. So, you know, I'm working really hard to, to get more people in here and educate them on, on what we're doing here, what we're capable of doing here and what we're going to do in the future here and, and just get them in and help them realize that they are um, capable of doing more than what they think they they can. Here's the thing, and we'll jump in here real quick. Yes. Colin now is becoming a mini Ray and mini Mick, and you know it's his job to take this thing forward because uh, for us we've spent a number of years on it, and it's, it's not that we will stop, but it's a matter of now peers will listen to peers a lot more, a lot quicker than to Mick and I. And I think that's the big thing that we're going to see. And, and of course, tonight's meeting, Colin took this on himself to set this up. That's what you got to do. And, and now they become the lead for the community. And I think no matter what, how politics stays in the area, the thing about it is these young people will actually be the leaders and start these businesses um, and, and really be running them strong and and sometimes the, the local community is going to question what are they doing what is that i hadn't heard of that before these questions are going to come up but colin and a bunch of these young people they know what that is and what's yeah. going to entail and as mick being a leader here and innovator and so forth you know a lot of times they go to him i mean the toy business is a tough business and believe me mick knows that but he can also train and teach these students a lot of stuff i i I just think that uh the what it represents is is just the potential is so huge and again why i wanted you guys on the show is yeah there's also part of it and where it is i mean if you guys were you know in a suburb of san francisco or in san francisco or in marin county or whatever yeah like we expect that um the fact that it has to spread and, and and you know we talk about underserved communities well especially also if you have no ecosystem, if you don't have a space, it has to start somewhere. And the fact that you guys are starting it is, is uh, at minimum inspirational to me. And, and you know, Ray and, and Mick, you, you both pointed out, and, and then Colin really drove it home. The sustainability is Colin and his people, you know, the people his age. You know, you guys have spent some years in the blood, sweat, and tears. And, 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 and even like you were saying, you know, the history of this, uh, you know, the, 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 the Mr. Bukta, who was an innovator in, in how to move buildings from years ago, that the, the, the origins of it are great. Where it goes from here is attracting that youth, making sure they get in. And then also, Colin said, introductions to um, people that will be pleasantly surprised at what they see, bringing them in, or just virtually bringing them in, having some Zoom calls, getting some collaboration going that way. So, so, so needed and, and so and really, really important. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap with, with you know, a, a question for, for all three of you. Um, what has been, it's a two-parter, um, in creating a, 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 an innovative ecosystem, 
right? That, that we now are calling this, you know, this innovation entrepreneurship center that you're currently in. What has been the most rewarding part of this? And what gives you, and I'm just going to end it on, on, on two points of, of, of optimism. And, and then what has been the most rewarding part in getting it there? And what is the most um, thing that gives you hope moving forward? Colin, we'll start with you, then we'll go to Ray, and then we'll finish out with Mick. Yeah, I think for me, um, I wasn't real involved with, with, I haven't been involved for, for five plus years like these guys have been. Um, you know, I kind of came in late in the game uh, to kind of finally get this thing going is where I came in. But I think their award is every time I'm setting up a meeting that is involving people in the community, bringing people to, together that should, should have been together years ago collaborating, but haven't been, I'm bringing those people together and creating new opportunities within our community. And I think that is the big um, reward for me is every time I can make that connection, um, get something new going, help somebody realize what they're capable of doing. That's, that's the big reward. And then um, the future, I don't know where it's going to go, but um, I'm excited. I, I'm just, I'm excited to be a part of it. And uh, I'm just excited to see it grow our community. Before I go to Ray, I got to say, Colin, you're like, I wasn't as involved on the building of it. Yes, you were in what you represented. It took some, like, I even felt it and I heard about it when I was there at the unveiling. Some of the high school students that were a part of successful programs at the high school, they didn't want to lose you guys. And I personally think that, you know, that journey to get that center was predicated on successful high school students that they didn't want to leave. So anyway, thought I'd throw that in there. Ray, you're up. Okay. The reward side was to see the building finally, finally, uh, be put together and, and standing here and the doors opening. And then the reward, the great reward to me was seeing students that I've had in the past and students that went to Pipe Central being here on opening day and showing their representation of what entrepreneurship they're involved in now and make sure and committing to coming down and, and helping other students to expand their entrepreneurship. That was totally rewarding to me. The thing I see in the future is uh, I really can't wait until five years from now. I'm not saying that I just want to push it out, but I want to see that uh, I, I have projections right now that 10 businesses will start in Pike County in the next 12 months here. Now, it doesn't mean they're all going to be major companies, but they're going to be, they're going to be in disruptors. Uh, and I want disruption. I, I want to see that. I want to see our county commissioners here uh, scratching their head and wondering, what the heck is this? We don't even understand this. That's great. That's what I want to see uh, because I've seen it before. I've seen students 3D print something for a combine. Uh, it was going to take them three months to get a product shipped over from overseas, and they printed three and a half hours and had it on it. And the combine, I know, ran for three more years with that part. And it was a gear. Those are the kind of disruptions I want to see. Um, and I think with all the big companies that are around here, we have so, many, so much more opportunity for disruptive 
businesses and entrepreneur, entrepreneurship. And then the one thing I do want to point out that we, the mantra here, and that's by Elmer Book, just senior, is can't is not an option. And we want that to be that continual mantra here uh, of can't is not an option because we want to get it done no matter what. And, and really, I look for the next five years to be tremendous. I expect 25, 30 businesses in the next five years to start here. Uh, and I know that's saying, somebody saying, well, right, damn, you're just saying that. Anybody can put numbers together. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm confident that'll happen here. And uh, I know people like Mick and myself and even Colin will make sure that this does happen. And, and these businesses will come out of nowhere. We're not going to be Silicon Valley. We're not going to be Silicon Prairie, uh, but we could be Silicon Coal Mine area. And um, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? That all of a sudden you have this high-tech facility. And there's only two of them on this highway of I-69. That's Crane and the Elmer Booked Entrepreneurship and Technology Center. There's no others like us. And that's yeah. what I see to be the future. That's awesome. Mick? Hey, Don, thanks for having us on. Number one, I really appreciate that and everything you do with uh, Innovate Within. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of uh, what, what we've done here collectively as a team. We couldn't do it individually, Don. And uh, now there's a place for, uh, for the kids, the students to go or, or entrepreneurs or innovators to go and, uh, you know, uh, build their dreams, okay, from scratch. Also, um, there's more, more to the center than most people can see. There was no continuing education in the county at all. But now we've got a, a classroom training center so we can bridge to uh, local universities for coursework and also reach out to our educators from the multiple schools in the area that we're going to be doing that in the meeting that's coming up uh, shortly. So we're really excited about all of those opportunities, including um, starting up businesses from an idea, moving to the collaboration phase, and then to our 3D printing and laser cutting room, and then to our brand new makerspace, which is uh, the first of its kind in the Fort County area. So we can take ideas and prototype them and then go to pr the proof of concept model and then start businesses. So we're just, we're just looking to get connected with uh, angel investors so we can capitalize these new ventures. And so, you know, we're starting out, but the, the sky's the limit. So Thanks for having us on, Don. Really appreciate it. So impressed by the vision, getting it done, and then and and of course where my heart is uh, involving the youth to utilize it. And then, um, gosh, just again to recap, you know, Mick being that local EIR. Let's just give you that title. Ray being that community champion, both in the classroom and and hovering around other schools. And you know, heck, I you know, I actually met you through another school <laughs> because you keep. Right poking your head around helping other schools and that being that community champion and then, and then Colin being, being that voice and, and that what you represent of, of, of the youth taking advantage of it. So um, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what's down the road. Obviously, you know, uh, you know, I'll always help when, whenever I can, cause I, I love seeing this, but uh, continued luck. That being said, if people want to see more and they're like, okay, I, you know, tell me all about this stuff. Um, is there a website for the new center? And also, do you guys want to um, like where they might find you on like, let's say LinkedIn, if you have LinkedIn. Right now we're working on the website. It's still early. Uh, we apologize for that, but we do have a Facebook page. It's called the Elmer Bukta Technology Center. 
Yeah. Um, you can find us there and message us. Please feel free to take a look. You can see uh, the progress that we've had and check out our events. Uh, you know, they're upcoming and also the previous things that we've already done. You know what? That's a really good point because uh, I actually watched the videos and heck, one of the videos for the new upcoming center they were talking about was centered around students. Uh, so I encourage uh, our listeners to check out that Facebook page. And again, yeah, look at some of those videos, even in, before the place was built they had a vision and a lot of it involved student involvement so love that well thank you you three uh for being on the show and uh thank you again for like highlighting the the book to center and continued luck in the future well thank you don and and innovate within uh no i think it's important to have this whole concept throughout the state and maybe someday in the near future uh we may be hosting uh, an innovate within competition here at the center I would love that. Boy, nobody thought somebody do that in the middle of a field out here on an interstate, did they? <laughs> no, exactly. So it does take a vision. And just by everybody in the community, I can't tell you how many people would sit here for hours. But it is important. But I tell you, what you're going to see come out of here in the next five years, you'll be amazed at. All right. Well, stay tuned. Thanks so much, okay. guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.